Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Exodus 5 through 7. When I am wrestling with my five-year-old son, who do you think is going to win? Well, obviously, just about the case for any father and their son, the father is going to win. The father has more strength than the five-year-old. Whenever the father wants, he can pin the five-year-old to the ground. Now, if you watch me, or probably many fathers, wrestling with their five-year-olds, Does it always look like the father is winning? No. Sometimes it might appear like the five-year-old has the upper hand. But as a father, trust me when I tell you that is all part of the plan, right? I am allowing him to have the upper hand momentarily for a greater purpose. And in that moment, the greater purpose is more fun more enjoyment with my son. What we need to think about is God versus Pharaoh. The difference in strength between me and my five-year-old pales in comparison to the difference between God and Pharaoh. God can crush Pharaoh at any moment he chooses. But what we are going to see is that there are going to be moments where it seems like Pharaoh is getting away with it. Or even right off the bat, it seems like Pharaoh does something that instead of helping the people of Israel, which is what they're expecting with this promised deliverance from God, they actually feel hurt. And what we want to see today is that God has a greater purpose. Even though it might appear at moments that he is not accomplishing what he wants to do, we can trust that that is always intentional and that God has a greater purpose. And here, the greater purpose is not for fun or enjoyment. The greater purpose is for his glory and for the good of his people. And what we're going to see from the reading today is that we need to learn to trust God's plan. When there are setbacks, we are so quick to start asking why instead of trusting that maybe the setbacks are actually a part of God's plan. Maybe the setbacks are actually specific things God will use to do exactly what he has said he will do. We will see that as we look at Exodus 5 through 7. So we've seen the call of Moses in Exodus 3 and 4, but now Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh and they say, thus says the Lord, The God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Now, you might be thinking, weren't they supposed to like go all the way out of Egypt and go back to the promised land? Remember, God has a plan. This is where God told them to start. But Pharaoh says, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Wow, that's a pretty insolent statement. And you'd almost think, why doesn't God strike him down right there on the spot for the mocking and disrespectful language that he uses right here? 
No, actually, God has a plan because what we're going to go on to see is Pharaoh's initial response is to be harsh to the people. His initial response is, we're no longer giving them straw to make bricks, but we're going to keep the quotas for the amount of bricks we're expecting from them. We're going to keep those the same. They're lazy. Let's make them work harder. And so that's what happens. They make them work harder. How do you think the people of Israel respond to this? Well, they they don't love it. And they come to Moses and Aaron and they say in verse 21 to them, the Lord look on you and judge because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, oh Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. So there, that's something probably not to the same degree, but something perhaps you can relate to, where you're expecting God to do something. Maybe you're even relying on a promise from God for something, but there is a setback. It does not go how you think it would go, and you quickly find yourself saying, why, Lord? Why do you have me here? Why am I working on this? What are you doing, God? And what we need to see, I hope this passage helps us see, we need to be slower to do that. We are so quick to question. We need to be quick to trust. Look at how the Lord responds to Moses. He says, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. And really, what we're going to see, even with all the plagues, God could have set the Israelites free in a moment, but he has a plan to exalt his name. He wants everyone to know that he is in control. So he's going to allow the drama, so to speak, to, in a more convincing way even, show his power. And he already has the plan. He's not surprised by Pharaoh's pushback. In fact, Pharaoh is playing right into God's hands. And so we need to trust God, that that he is in control. Some verses that I thought of as I was reading this, one was Romans 8, where it talks about how God works everything together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We need to trust that when there's a setback, If you are someone who loves God and is called according to his purpose, it's not really a setback. It's actually just the next thing in God's plan. Or I think of, I also thought of Ephesians 1.11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. He's working all things according to the counsel of his will, and you can trust that today. Now, God goes on to say to Moses something very interesting. Uh, In verse 2 of chapter 6, he says, I am the Lord, or if you look at how that's written there in uh, the ESV, we're, we're using the name Yahweh here, I am Yahweh. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them. Now, that raises a question, because if you go back and you read Genesis, uh, you will find the name Yahweh used a lot in in that book, and even in the context of Abraham and Isaac 
and Jacob. So what's going on here? Well, there's a couple options that reconcile the the difference. I think the best option is we've just seen now back in chapter three, God revealing, I guess you could say the meaning of his name. What is the significance of Yahweh? Well, it's that he is, he is the great I am, or as he says to Moses, I am who I am. And I think that's the best explanation uh, to help us understand this passage. What does he mean by saying, I've not revealed myself to that? Well, they didn't know what that name meant, but now it is known what it is. And that should help us as we talked about yesterday, because God is self-existent, we can trust that he is a promise keeper because he depends on no one. He he doesn't depend on anything. He is self-existent. He is self-sufficient. He is. And Moses tries to relay this message, but it doesn't seem well received. Verse 9 of chapter 6 says, Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. And before you judge the people of Israel here uh, for not immediately listening to Moses, don't underestimate how harsh their slavery was and how broken their spirits may have been. There may come a time where you are honestly struggling to trust God because you have gone through some hard things. And that's not an excuse for us to abandon God, but even just as we encourage others, it's good for us to realize sometimes people's spirits are crushed and we need to be patient with them, continue to point them to the Lord. We also see the genealogy of Moses and Aaron in this uh, section, and we see one thing just to note from this that will have ongoing significance in the Old Testament. Moses and Aaron are from the tribe of Levi, and the Levites will end up being kind of the priestly tribe, and Aaron, really, we will see, is set up as, as the first high priest, the first main priest as we see the tabernacle built and offerings begin to be offered. Uh, So that information is there. But then chapter 7 brings Moses and Aaron back before Pharaoh. And notice how it begins with God acting as if his plan is right on track. God is not adjusting, right? You think of uh, football teams and how they they go into the game and they have a game plan and they always talk about those halftime adjustments. God isn't making any halftime adjustments here. His original game plan is working. And he says to them in verse three, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people, the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the people of Israel from among them. So there you see God saying, I have a plan. There's going to be resistance. It's going to take these incredible plagues on my part, but this is what's going to happen. And even there's a purpose. I'm going to draw this out to make the point clear that the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So then we get into kind of this sign that God told Moses he would give him of laying down his staff, it becoming a serpent. And even there's 
superiority shown as the Egyptians mimic that. Uh, The serpent that comes from Aaron's staff gobbles all the rest of them up. And then we see the first plague as the water is turned to blood. And we'll continue reading about the plagues and think about their significance in the days to come. But I think there is some real practical encouragement. You know, we're reading about then what God is doing with the Israelites. Always, always God keeps his promises. God accomplishes his plan. Even when it looks to us like a setback, God is still accomplishing his plan. So now you need to trust God. And there may be things that happen to you today that might feel like a setback. There may be things that you are waiting for that you might think are, these are good and godly things to desire, and you're waiting longer than you thought. Trust God's plan. Let's be slower to question God and ask why, and let's be quicker and more firm in trusting God's plan. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.